Hello, welcome to the Loney Show. I'm your host, John Milone, and in this episode, I've brought some regulars, Espera Goose and Eric Taylor. And as for our guest, she's from Fairmont, West Virginia. She is a master financial coach. And apparently, one key word to describe her would be money. That is it, just money. But anyway, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I give you Karen Ford. Hello okay. there. Hello. Welcome to this amazing podcast. Thank yep, you. Welcome. Thank you. Full of very intellectual individuals. <laughs> so should we? So should we call you Karen Money Ford? Sure. <laughs> you sure can. <laughs> oh man. That sounds like some sort of rap name. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. Oh, so, how's life, Karen? You know, life is really wonderful. Yes. <laughs> okay, great. So, uh, so Karen, what, what do you do for a living? I am a master financial coach. And in a nutshell, what that means is I help people get out of debt. I help them build wealth. I help them manage their money in a greater way. Uh, and, and people often ask me, how did you get into this? Especially since you're a nurse, which is kind of a odd situation. Uh, I'm actually a nurse, but I haven't practiced as a nurse for several years. I, I had a friend of mine tell me, Karen, you're really good with money and you're really good with numbers. I think you ought to get some more training in that and, and run with it. And so I did. And so I kind of look at it like this as a nurse, I helped people get healthy physically, but as a master financial coach, I help people get healthy financially. And all of us know that if you have money-related issues, that can cause a lot of health issues, stress, high blood pressure, you know, the whole nine yards. So I feel like I'm still helping people physically when I'm helping them with their finances. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Have you ever had any particular cases in which people experience financial issues? Like someone couldn't pay for their health care because obviously America. Did you any, have any like all these kinds of issues? I have not had any issues with uh, people not being able to pay for health care. Uh, but I have had uh, a very interesting case uh, where a couple came uh, for some coaching. And during the coaching, uh, I ask a series of questions. And one of the questions I ask is a list of their debts. And then the very last question I ask is, is there anything else? And she said, well, I have some credit cards he doesn't know about. So we listed those. And then the husband said, well, I have some credit cards she doesn't know about. And when it was all said and done, they had 86 credit cards between the two of them, 86. Jesus. Why? Why so many credit cards? Uh, Because they had issues. They had marriage issues. They had emotional issues. And sometimes people spend money uh, to get a quick fix, right? It's just like a drug addict wanting to get their fix or an alcoholic needing a, a, you know, a drink or something. When people have um, money-related issues, they will use... Um, spending to self-medicate. But what happens is they end up in a worse predicament than if they hadn't. So a lot of times people say, well, how come the credit card companies gave them all those credit cards? Didn't they know that they had that many credit cards? Listen, credit card companies are in the business of making money with interest. So 
they don't care that you already have 20 credit cards or 30 credit cards or 40 credit cards. They're going to get their money one way or another. And, you know, if you have a spending issue and you're charging those credit cards, you're not only paying for the items that you charged on that credit card, but you're also paying an exorbitant amount of interest. And that is where credit card companies make their money, especially if you're only making the minimum payment each month. That's that's terrible. Like and in Russia, in Russia, where I come from, it's pretty much the same problem. Like recently they hiked the interest to 20 percent. So people can't even pay, I, I like afford to pay off the mortgages. It's it's pretty messed up. Wow. That's, wow. That's, the, that's the reason why I'll never get a credit card, because I just don't want to get into debt. Right. Oh, yeah, same here. same here, man. It's like, I don't know. Uh, I, I really don't want to get a credit card because it's like, I, I don't want to pay back the money. <laughs> I don't want to pay back any any interest. I mean, I could, but it's like, I, I, I just don't want to pay it back. That's why I, I, I'm, I don't want to, I never want to get a credit card. Right. Well, that's wisdom, you know, because 80% of the people that have credit cards don't pay them off every month. So if you don't have self, if a person doesn't have self-control and, you know, they go into a department store and they take their items up, you know, for the cashier to ring up, you know, a lot of times the cashiers are trained, hey, would you like to save 20% today if you take out a credit card? And some people are very innocent and, they'll, and they will think in the back of their mind, you know what, I'll go ahead and save 20% today by taking out this credit card, and when it comes in the mail, I'm going to cancel it. Well, 90% of the time when that credit card comes in the mail, they don't cancel it. And then they end up using it every single month. And then before you know it, they have a large amount of money on that credit card that is collecting interest, and they're only making the minimum monthly payment. So it's just really not worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, um, how long have you been a nurse and a financial coach for? Well, I've been a nurse for over 20 years, but then again, I haven't practiced for the last few years since I've gotten, gone into the money related arena and I've been a master financial coach for about six or seven years and I really enjoy it. Really enjoy it. Hmm. Okay. Have you, has, has there, like as a um, nurse, has there, been any weird things that happened you mean with money no oh no like as a nurse like have you seen any weird things that's happened while you were nursing for oh yeah lots (laughs) (laughs) weird things yes a lot of weird things yes i mean did like any of your uh clients have any weird request requests well I wouldn't say that they're weird. I'd say that they had a problem. I, I, you know, I worked in a a bone marrow transplant unit um, and a patient was having some pain and they said, I don't want you to dilute the medication. And when you inject it, I want you to inject it really fast. And I said, first of all, I'm not going to do either one of those things because you seriously have a problem here. Uh, I am going to dilute the medication and I am going to inject it slowly because the reason you want it injected fast is because you want to get high and I'm not doing that. (laughs) So yes, I have had some things like that happen before. Okay. Cool. (laughs) Okay, cool. 
So what inspired you to become a master financial coach? I think that um, the friend of mine who encouraged me saw something within myself that I didn't really know. I think sometimes when people have, and I say this very gently, humbly, actually, um, sometimes when people have a natural bend, they don't always see it as a big deal, if that makes sense. And so this person said, you know, I see that you're really good with money. I think you ought to go for it and, and get some further education in that. And when I and when I did get that training, I kind of fell in love with it because I thought, man, if I can help people with their money, I can. there's a lot of problems that are going to disappear from their life. You know, there's a lot of things that are going to get better in their life. You know, 90% of um, marriages uh, divorce because of money-related issues. So if I can help people get over their money related issues then a lot of marriages can be salvaged you know it, it, stress lots of things can go away when people have their finances in order great fabulous yeah that's great yeah i absolutely agree great so what do you what else do you enjoy about being a financial coach I enjoy being a financial coach because I can also help people uh, gain wealth. You know, sometimes people get stuck in a job and they it's the mundane life. You get up in the morning, you go to your job, you work your 8 or 9 or 10 or 11 hours, you go home, and you start all over again the next day. And I think sometimes people don't realize that they can put their money to work for them, whether it's investing um, you know, in some type of retirement plan or stock market or uh, putting it in gold or silver or real estate. I think sometimes people don't realize that, yes, you can work for money, but it is far better that money work for you so that while you're sleeping, your money is gaining interest. Hmm. Interesting. I kind of like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. So what was life for you growing up? Well, we were not poor, but we just didn't have a lot. I'm one of uh, seven children, and you usually don't see large families like that today because it's so expensive. But I have four brothers and two sisters. Uh, Both of my parents worked very hard. Uh, My father worked in a glass plant, and my mother was a school teacher for many years. Um, But, you know, we wanted things just like all kids do, but we couldn't always have the things that we wanted because we didn't have the extra money. You know, you try feeding seven kids, right? Uh, Raising seven children today. My goodness, I can't imagine the expense of that. But, you know, I had a good childhood. I wouldn't have changed anything about it. Uh, But I think one of the things that my parents really imparted to us is to have a good work ethic. They taught us from a young age, listen, if you want things in your life, you're going to work. You're not going to take handouts. You're not going to have the government take care of you or anything. You're going to you're going to work hard for the things that you want. Um, and so even from a young age, uh, you know, my brother's I don't even know that they do this, uh, have this today, but there was a daily newspaper and they would have a a newspaper route where they would deliver newspapers, you know, every single day and every Sunday, and they would get paid to do that. Um, 
you know, at that time, I don't think they do it. I don't think they have it today because you can see things online, but there was such a thing as a TV guide uh, where it showed you what channels, what shows were going to be playing on what, on what channels, what stations. And so my sisters and I, you know, had a TV guide route where we got paid for delivering TV guides. So that's what my childhood was like growing up. My parents, I'm really grateful that they taught us uh, about having a good work ethic and, and to work for what we're wanting. Great. Yeah. So, yeah. Your parents sound really, uh, they sound really great. They do. Yeah. Like, you know, and Very smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. If your life was a meal, what kind of meal would it be? It would be a steak dinner with all the, all the trimmings. <laughs> okay. I, I just my life. If my life would be a meal, it would just be a Tesco meal deal for like three pounds. <laughs> you know, if my if my life was a meal, it would be a tray of shrimp fried rice with chicken wings. There you mm-hmm. go. Yeah, shrimp fried rice. I never heard of that, but I do love chicken wings, especially deep fried <laughs> chicken wings. Oh, oh yeah. I'm like no, shrimp fried rice is really good. You know, you should definitely try it. Okay. Yeah. If my life was a meal, uh, it'd be like a huge variety of vegetables and fruit, and maybe a bit of all of berries and cream, because I'm trying to start eating healthy now, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, I should try and start, I should try and start eating healthy, too. Like, I, I should. Yeah, doesn't, like, uh, issues cause people to also eat less healthy? You know, that is a very good question, but studies show that yes, you can um, spend a lot less money by, you know, getting, you know, less healthier foods. But I have also learned that people that have that poverty mindset or they think they're saving money will get microwavable meals or things that are already cooked and then all they have to do is heat them up. And prepackaged foods, prepared foods that you just have to heat up are very expensive in the long run and they're full of preservatives and additives that you really don't want because that will cause health issues so in the long run it's actually you get more bang for your buck uh, by getting healthier foods organic foods um, you know fruits and vegetables things that are not pre-packaged or already prepared it'll save you in the long run health-wise as well yeah yeah Mm. yeah so i should probably stop getting uh noodles in a cup then right that's exactly right (laughs) yes okay because it's because it's like each one of them like they're so small and they cost like one euro like one dollar in your currency that's why like i try to buy more healthy food like i buy a packet of meat for like five euros which I don't know what what is it in uh, dollars, but it's very good. It's pretty easy to cook also. Okay. Also buy vegetables for like 67 cents. Those are very cheap here. Right. Those are like frozen ones who could just fry on on the pan. Right. I generally feel like, like food needs to be more accessible, especially to people who don't have that much of an income and, you know, especially to people who have debt because, I mean, just because they're in debt doesn't mean they don't deserve, you know, basic human rights, so... Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Especially the people in debt who actually try to pay it back. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Have you ever gotten into trouble or got told off something you didn't do? I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Have you ever got yourself into trouble or got told off for something you didn't do? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? It's just easier just to take the low road instead of just trying to defend myself and say, well, I didn't do that or just say, yep, okay, we'll fix that. You know, because otherwise you're just going to get into an argument um, or strife and it's just not worth it. So if I get accused of something that I didn't do, I say, okay, I'll fix that. You know, yeah, because otherwise you just end up with more problem. Yeah, you, you know, I agree. You're, you're, probably, you're probably a way bigger person than me. I probably would have, I probably would have defended myself. Well, the thing of it is, you know, I've, I've been there, done that. I have defended myself, but then it just seems like, you, you know, you're on a merry-go-round. You just keep going around and around with that person, and, and you know, it's just not worth it. To me, it's just, okay, I'll fix that, you know, even though I didn't do it. It's just not worth getting into an argument about. Yep, absolutely. I've learned my yeah, lesson on that. <laughs> <laughs> so... If you were chosen to be a colonist for a new habitable planet, will you take it knowing it's only a one-way trip? Say that one more time. I had a hard time hearing you. It's fine. If you were chosen to be a colonist for a new habitable planet where you can easily live like it would on Earth, would you take it even though it's only a one-way trip? Probably not. (laughs) Probably not. Because, you know, you, even though it sounds like it's a good thing, I wouldn't do it because it's, there's an unknown aspect there. What's it going to look like? What's it going to be like? Uh, so I would probably decline and say, no, I'll just okay. be right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what were the high and low points? as being a financial advisor? I would say the high points um, are helping people. And that aha moment when you're coaching someone and all of a sudden they get it and you see it on their face. Oh, this is what I've been doing and now this is what I need to do. It's that moment where you know the people that you're coaching, they get it. And if they get it, that means they're going to do it, which is great. That's what every coach wants. We don't want to just tell you what to do or suggest what to do. We want you to run with it so that you're a winner. And I would say the low point would be that you're coaching someone and you know they're not going to do what you're suggesting. And at that moment, that can be a real downer to which I just say, Everything that I've just said, you know, are my recommendations so that you win with money. But is this something you want to do? And sometimes I've heard, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to change what I've been doing, to which I say, okay, then I can't help you. Because if you're not going to be willing to do what you're paying me to coach you to do, then I can't help you if you're not going to do it. (laughs) Right? And you can't make somebody do what you're recommending. So I would have to say that that would be the downer is when you're coaching someone and they're spending money for you to coach them, but yet you know they're not going to do it. That's the downer. Yeah. 
I can, yeah. I can see that, yeah. It's kind of like more? if you go to someone and, and they want to lose weight, let's say they're 100 pounds overweight, and you tell them this is what you need to do and this is what you need to avoid, and they say, okay, I want to lose weight, but I'm not willing to do what you just said, then the answer will be, well, then you're just going to stay overweight, right? So it's yeah. the same way in money. If, if you want to win with money and I'm telling you what to do to get out of debt, but you say you're not willing to do it, then your your finances are not going to change. You're going to remain. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Where do you see yourself 20 years from now? 20 years from now, I'm going to continue to be living a vibrant life. I am still going to be coaching people financially. I'm going to be giving more financial seminars and webinars on how to build wealth, how to get out of debt. Um and just be bigger, better, and brighter than I am now. Okay. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Thank you. Did you have any role models when you were growing up? I would have to say I had some school teachers that were good role models. Um, my parents. Um, yeah, I would have to say I had some really good role models. Okay, great. Would you consider yourself to be an extrovert or an introvert? Oh, I'm an extrovert. Oh, yeah, I'm a people person. <laughs> Love to be around people. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. Oh, wow. I'm the opposite. I don't hate <laughs> to be around. I don't hate to be around people, but I like to stay in the house most of the time. I got yeah. Yeah. All right. yeah. I like I like to be with people. Like I I, go, I like to go to lectures physically. I don't like just like to stay with um like doing uh these. Video like live feeds, you know, like uh, watching elections from my computer, like no, not elections, lectures. I, I can't speak anymore. It's a problem that I have for some reason. But um, I like interacting with people. Sometimes though, it's good to stay at home, just relax, watch a bit of YouTube, eat some Ben and Jerry's. It's nice. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, for me, my form of entertainment is food and YouTube videos. Pretty much. Like, that's all I need. That's really all I need to be entertained for the day. Yeah, that is so <laughs> me. So, if you started your own business, what kind of business would it be? Well, for, I have three businesses, actually. So, um, I don't know that I want to start another business, but uh, there are three businesses I have presently, which I would do all over again, for sure, uh, would be my financial coaching business. And then I have two real estate businesses where I buy and sell properties. I'm a house flipper. I'm an, I am an avid real estate investor. So to ask me what business would I, would I start up, I would definitely do real estate over and over again. Great. There is money in real estate. Absolutely. I think we have a I think we I think we have a friend who would be interested in that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. okay. So what was the strangest dream that you've had? The strangest dream. Wow, you caught me off guard on that one. I'm not sure that I've really had a, a strange dream. <laughs> How about you all? Um, I've had a lot of strange dreams. I had, I had so many that, um, I can't even remember, but one, one dream recently I've had was the day of Val Valentine's Day. For some reason, 
I don't I don't know. I was literally just dreaming of <laughs> now nah, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of woke up laughing because when I woke up from the dream, but like on Valentine's Day, I had a dream of me with my with the girlfriend I don't even have. Like brother, it was it was kind of funny. It was strange because like why why was I having this dream on this day? Right. I, I guess I, yeah, I guess my thoughts was trying to get me upset. I wasn't I wasn't upset though. It was just kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, I I have so many strange dreams. If I were to direct multiple movies in time in my my entire lifetime, I actually can, and they might actually be blockbuster hits. And oh my, but I I told I, I think I told most of the regulars about this dream about this one girl I went to college with. Uh, things were shaky at the time. Uh, she came came up to me. She she took my hands and put my she took my hands and put my hands on a uh, lady um, area, lady area, so, uh, yeah. Cleavage. <laughs> it, it was, yes. It was so awkward, I had to wake up and, like, oh, good, it was just a dream. But, yeah, I had yeah. all those strange dreams, like... Virginity preserved. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Another strange dream I had is um, driving a car off a cliff and uh, entering a whole new plane of dimensions. And then there was a one dream... Uh, I was in my bedroom in the back garden, and then somehow, tons of archer arrows just came flying down from the sky. And yeah, they just and there's so much more, but they're just yeah. Are you sure? The entire... Are you sure you you weren't in Amsterdam at that time? This was happening. Are you sure you just didn't go out on the streets of Amsterdam? You know, just go to a, like one of those uh, places where they sell drugs and just you know have a puff and then go back home and fall asleep. Are you sure you didn't have you know a, a drug influenced dream, mate? Nah. If it, if it was in Amsterdam, the the arrows would be coming out from the canals instead of from the sky. So yeah. And also the bikes would be firing arrows. Yeah. Well, the, is... well, it would be the cyclist who would be throwing the arrows from all sides. <laughs> what is this conversation degenerated into? We're now discussing weird dreams influenced by all kinds <laughs> of weird... Yeah. Oh, man, it's crazy. It's not even the podcast anymore. It's a therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, like, but I've, I've had a ton of other weird dreams. I just can't remember them because it's like... They're just, like, they're just, like, so Are weird. We... I mean, they're... Yeah, we... Those are some... Oh, um, there was this one dream I had. It was a two-part dream, but I don't think I dreamt the second part because it's like I woke up when it was still doing the first part. I was like, yo, wait, let me go back to sleep. But then I couldn't dream of the second part. I was upset. Oh, it's like a cliffhanger. The sequel. Yeah, it was a cliffhanger. It was inter- <laughs> The dream was interesting, too. You know, did you know that people only forget about 90% of their dreams in their lifetime? And they can only remember like 10% <laughs> of it. Fully or partially, oh but yeah, oh, wow, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, that's like a fact. That's like one of the most ridiculous facts I know. In fact, what what is the most ridiculous fact that you know? Oh my goodness, you caught me off guard again. Another ridiculous <laughs> fact. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know any ridiculous facts, mate. Um, yeah, I got nothing. I think I think the most ridiculous fact is that uh, is that apparently uh. 76% of Russian votes were, uh, you know, 76% of people voted for Putin in 2018. And I'm pretty sure those people were just bots. That's a fact oh. that I know. Oh, Ooh. yes. Corruption at its finest. 
Yes, bring yeah. it, bring it politics into a non-political podcast, boys. Let's go. Yes, this is. Yay! Let's go. <laughs> Except that this is Russian politics, so you know it's cool. Yeah, anything can happen. Even, <laughs> even living with a grizzly bear, apparently. Yeah, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know what I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Yeah, me neither. So Same. if so, if your mind was an island. What would it look like? Oh wow! It'd have beaches all the beach all the way around it. It would be large, uh, and it would have perfect weather year round. Ah yes, now that that's mm. my kind of paradise. Mm-hmm. I, would, yeah. I would love to go. I would love to go to live somewhere sunny. Uh, I don't. I don't mind the cold, but I don't want to live somewhere that's like fifty fifty and it is like the weather is bipolar, whatever. I don't want it one half of the year extremely cold and the other half of the year being really hot. I want one or the other, no in between. And that's right. it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Some, someday. Someday. Someday out there would come to truthful reality. Yes. Yeah, boy. And that is all we have for this episode. It was great having you here, Karen, talking about your career as a financial advisor, your life, and pretty much everything else. It was quite good well thank you so much it was my pleasure thank you for yeah. having me on yeah you're welcome anytime yeah and until, amazing. yeah and until next time stay tuned for more <laughs>